You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, it's fair to say, in our week of hibernation, uh, a lot went down. And I guess the biggest thing was our new coach, Brad Scott. Mm. Yeah, big news. Um, yeah, certainly there was a lot of conjecture around who would get the position, um, who were the favourites at different points of the process. Um, but... Again, I think we talked about last time, the, the biggest thing I was happy with, James, is that everything seemed to be under wraps. Like the, the media were just speculating because they weren't getting leaks from the club, which I was absolutely wrapped with. Yeah, that was one of the great things. Um, what I think even Dave Barham said at the press conference, mm. there's a number of times we spoke to people that the media never even reported on. Yep. So that meant that, yeah, as you say, we were leak-free. Um, so there was a lot of things that weren't actually recorded that they'd actually done and who they'd spoken to on multiple occasions. Mm. So much so that, you know, they a lot of the um, people thought that we weren't uh, talking to Brad Scott until the Thursday, his first interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we learnt shortly after that that there was uh, multiple phone calls in between that. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess, like, we'll come back to Brad Scott, but I guess the most disappointing thing after that announcement was uh, Kevin Sheedy coming out and saying, well, you know, it was misreported that it was unanimous. Mm. Um, I certainly uh, voted for James Hurt. I lost the vote 6-1, but I want James to know and I want the Bomber fans to know I didn't turn my back on James Hurt and I remembered everything he did for the club. What was your take of that? Yeah, I thought that was pretty selfish for mine. Uh, I mean, the reporting was that it was fully endorsed, not that it was unanimous. So fully endorsed doesn't mean that you get 100% of agreement. Fully endorsed just means it was agreed to by the board. Um, and that's the decision they went with. So, And that is the case. It's not a lie. Uh, so Kevin Sheedy coming out and doing that, um, to me, was really, really disappointing uh, because on a day where, you know, we Essendon really should be coming together united. Um, we've had a lot of you know factions within the club, um, the turmoil over the you know the board spill and um, changing president, changing CEO, all the rest of it. Um, so on a day where we we get this signing of a coach and think oh we can all unite behind him, he comes out and does that. I, I thought it was really selfish of uh, Kevin Sheedy, and I'm sure James Herb wouldn't have wanted that. Um, yeah, James Heard, obviously, no doubt, disappointed he didn't get the job. Um, however, he put his hat in the ring uh, to apply and, you know, was courageous enough to do that, just like everyone else who applied for that position, uh, but wasn't successful. Um, uh, so I don't think he would have been too happy, you know, having his name brought up again um, like in, in that sort of manner uh, when realistically the you know, us Bombers fans should be um, just focusing on, all right, here's the new bloke at the head of the ship. Um, let's all get behind him. Yeah. Now, of course, I was, you know, un- unapologetic. I'm a big James Hurd fan and um, yep. I was really pushing for him to be the coach. But now that Brad Scott's been named, um, you know, I'm excited by that too. Um, hmm. doesn't mean that my alliance is fickle for James. Yep. just means that I've accepted that that's a club's decision and, you know, we're not going to overturn that. So, 
your alternative is to give up on everything. And you know, if you've been a lifelong Essendon supporter, you can't just turn you know, to turn your back on the club just because you didn't get the way of which you wished that had gone. But having said that, um, you know, Kevin does spend a lot of time with the coteries and that, and I think, yeah, it may be seen as selfish, but uh, certainly wasn't. I didn't think it was selfish. I thought it was more him wanting to clarify. Hang on, if I get asked by other people, I wouldn't know that. Um, you know, I certainly, yeah, it wasn't unanimous in terms of that. And I know you say it's fully endorsed, and I believe you have a vote. And this is, I've been on boards, not as big as the yeah, football club, but I've been on boards. You have a vote. Person who wins, even if you're, it was against, you know some members' uh, wishes on the board, um, you still have to ratify that as a collective. Yep. So it's like, in a sense, uh, Kevin would have had to endorse Chris as the coach, under my understanding, um, after he'd lost that vote. So, Well, Brad is a coach, but... <laughs> so, yeah, what did I say? Chris. Well, Chris yeah, well, we tried uh, to get Chris, but uh, yeah. apparently... <laughs> He was busy that week. I'm, I'm not sure what was keeping him up, but um, yeah, yeah. him from applying. But um, but anyways, yeah, from Brad, sorry. And uh, yeah, I've I've, I've found a way, mate, to make it yeah. easy for us for, for the Scott brothers. Yeah, Brad is for Bomber, mm. and Chris is for Cat. So um, just keep remembering that. It should help um along the way because they do certainly look alike. Um, but yeah, anyway, I I think. In the end, after Kevin had lost six one, he still would have had to endorse, uh, yeah, Brad as the coach. So, so as you say, mate, it's, it would have been fully endorsed ultimately. I imagine. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. like and that's that's fair enough if that's how he feels. But there's ways to go about it. And I think you know going to Robbo with the Herald Sun mm. wasn't the right way to go about it. Well, it was probably Robbo came to him. Um, yeah, but in any case, you know it's going to be reported. Um, by that, so I, um, yeah, perhaps a better way would have been to to do things in another yeah. manner. But uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, mate. Like I, I, I do, as you say, we should have been fully behind Brad, give him that moment, mm. um, and you know, really built behind him. Um, and then we saw mate our CEO named Andrew Thornburn. Um, mm. And he's quite an engaging character. You know, um, I saw his uh, speech, the members, uh, both on the Bomber website and uh, also the yeah, the Crichton. And he kind of jumps out. He seems a lot more personable than Xavier Campbell. Mm. But in the background, uh, we had the Herald Sun reporting about uh, religious beliefs and so forth that, uh, you know, Obviously, even the Premier, Dan Andrews, is bought into. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems we can't seem to step away from some kind of, uh, you know, controversy. Um, but I kind of get Andrews' point in a way, like not that I agree with the, uh, you know, some of the beliefs that were published in the Herald Sun, but, like, I kind of get that if I go to church, it doesn't mean I agree with everything that the church says. Mm-hmm. But uh, my faith is, in, you know, is... Uh, Important to me, and it's something that's you know individual and uh, should be you know 
should be my right to choose where my faith lies. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think it can be attributed to the quotes used in the Herald Sun because it's not like he's the pastor who um, is actually saying this stuff. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely right. It's it's like, um, you know, whether it's Scientology or any other, you know, religious belief uh, people might have. I mean, you know, I'm I'm christened as Church of England. Not that I'm a religious bloke, but I'm christened Church of England. Does that mean that I go around, you know, uh, for all my ex-wives going, oh, I've had enough of that one, uh, let's chop our head off and uh, on to the next kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I'll find it ridiculous in this day and age um, that we're judging someone on their beliefs. I, I would have thought we were a bit better than that. Um, um, but unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you know, we... We continue to be disappointed. Um, and as for Dan Andrews, you know, he's a he's a bomber supporter. Um, so I would hope he would actually act in that manner, not in um, uh, not having a, having a crack at a club um, at every opportunity. And certainly, um, he's had his own fair share of uh, uh, criticism, James. So you'd think people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Um, yeah. but, uh, well, I'll just to quote him. Um, I listened to some of his press conference today when he was asked this question. He said he was appalled at the comments coming out of uh, you know, the Herald Sun report, but he said any uh, you know, CEO is elected by that club uh, or that organisation, um, that's a matter for that board. So he wasn't kind of intervening. He's, he also said, like, um, yeah, he's still be an Essendon member next year, and he implored everyone else to be as well. Mm. Um, so he, he certainly wasn't throwing in the tea towel, but he was basically saying, you know, um, yeah, those beliefs he strongly opposes. Um, which is, you know, fair enough. I think. Like, I think he can. Um, I think he can. We can all have our opinions, but um, yeah, we shouldn't hold those opinions. That they're Andrews and he represents that. You know what I mean? So, mm. um, yeah. Let's face it. Let's face it. Um, CEO level, Andrew will be based on basically how we go as a football club, uh, not on any of those quotes. Yep, absolutely. I guess the other thing, mate, is because of the homophobia words and so forth. Uh, and uh, one of the reporters asked this with such a high level of. Uh, you know, the AFLW competition openly gay, uh, would they feel um, comfortable having a CEO who goes to church and attends things where it's seen in such a bad way? Um, and I guess that's a question for those players. But, I mean, I just I think that uh, we have to give him this chance to represent us as a CEO not uh, base him on his beliefs. Yeah, well, again, like, you know, I don't see how it's that much different to, you know, Christianity and Catholicism um, as a whole. It's like, you know, again, I, I think our society's moved on a bit uh, from those, uh, I suppose, more black and white beliefs that were previously held and indoctrinated through the Bible and all the rest of it. Um, but as I say, that'll be up. Uh, yeah, the players and the CEO and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, personally, I don't think anyone should be, um, uh, you know, judged for their religious beliefs, particularly when you know he openly, um, you know, 
says, yep, yeah, I, I go to church, doesn't mean I, I believe everything um, that goes on, but he finds, um, yeah, I, I suppose, a sense of identity in the church. That what That's what gives him strength and um, all the rest of it. If that's what he gets out of it, all the better. Um, I certainly don't see him, um, you know, rabble-rousing or anything like that, um, espousing his beliefs. Um, and I imagine, yeah, the board would have done its due diligence to... Um, uh, to make sure yeah those beliefs wouldn't conflict with his uh with his role or his duties as CEO of the Essendon Football Club and I'll I'll trust the decision of the board um because you know even though it's still early days um they they've certainly done a uh, a pretty good job of doing things so far yeah um now back to Brad Scott uh I'm optimistic about it mate I'm looking forward to um seeing him you know represent us. Um, you know, I think he's a real tough coach that we kind of need. Mm. Um, I think uh, from, you know, especially from afar, uh, Truck was probably too, um, I don't know, it gave too much say to the players. Yep. Um, I don't think he was very strong in any of his uh, real beliefs, um, you know, that he wanted to push across to the, to the team. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, we saw, you know, I, I didn't think we developed a lot under his reign and that included the Warsfield area era when he was there as well. Yeah. Um I think I have much more faith that Brad Scott will really drive a harder edge to our playing group. Yep. And uh yeah, I like uh, as much as people knock him and say, Oh yeah, well, you know, North never finished in the top four but he was there. Even though he got them into a couple of prelims, uh, it was from sixth and eighth on the ladder to get there. That actually, I think, we're going to remember that Essendon and North are not the same kind of clubs. You know, he's going to have a lot more resources here, yeah. um, and he's going to have a lot more to work with. And although we're a young list, uh, there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, absolutely, right. I fully agree with all of that. And one thing I really liked from his quite middle speech was he talked about, you know, well. Um, yeah, he was happy that all the players were there, but um, you know, day one of training, he'll see how committed the boys are, and I think that was a a bit of a um, uh, you know, shot across the bow that um, almost said, you know, if you don't show up ready to go on day one of training, that'll tell me about where you sit on the on the pecking order, um, and mm. uh, uh, you know, whether you are fully committed to um, you know, driving the club standards going forward. Um, which I, I find, you know, totally refreshing because I think for far too long the, the players haven't been made accountable. Um, for uh, you know, training standards, playing standards, all the rest of it. And so um, I found that um, really good. Um, but the other thing um, that I really liked, um, you know, from a, uh, I suppose that press conference that uh, he had with Dave Barham, I, I thought he spoke really well there. Uh, but the one big thing, I um I really liked was because they talked about you know the captaincy should that um you know remain in the hands of the players to you know talk about who they want to be captain. He said, look for a lot young list, um I think it's you know more uh, more sensible to be in the hands of of the coaches. We'll pick who's going to be captain. You know then as a playing list matures and develops, um you know potentially you can look at um I suppose delegating that responsibility uh to them once they've developed that trust and. I think that's bloody fantastic because, 
again, you know, where's followed in particular, but also followed on through track. I think they they gave so much trust to the players that they said, no, you pick your captain. And, you know, of course, if, you, if you've got the difference between um, Zach Merritt, who's going to, um, you know, ride you pretty hard to drive standards, or you've got Dyson Heppel, who's, she'll be right, mate. Um, yeah, he, life's going to be pretty easy out of Dyson. Um, so he, he was picked a lot. That's not I'm just that's just conjecture. That's just how I see it. But I mean, um, you know, I, I think we're at a stage now where we really need to actually say, what do we stand for as a club? This is a question we've been asking for, you know, the last few years at least, Jane. Um, and under Heppel, we haven't seen a that harder edge. And I think um, through Brad Scott saying, I'll choose who's going to be captain. Um, yeah, that's a, I suppose, show of intent there to say, um, Look, until you earn my trust, um, I'll, um, I suppose, lead the way and you follow. Um, and then we'll, um, yeah, I suppose, reassess uh, when you've proven that you've got that maturity. Now, mate, to do, to do, to do, to do, breaking news. Oy. The board of the Essendon Football Club has accepted the resignation of Andrew Thornburn as CEO. <laughs> You think I'm joking, but I'm reading a club statement, mate. Bloody hell. The board of the Essen Football Club has accepted the resignation of Andrew Thornburn as CEO. As soon as the comments relating to the 2013 sermon from the pastor at the City of the Hill Church came to light this morning, we acted immediately to clarify the publicly exposed views of the organisation's official website, which are in direct contradiction to our values as a club. Essendon is committed to providing an exclusive, diverse and a safe club where everyone is welcome and respected. The board made it clear that despite these not being views that Andrew Thornburn was exposed uh, personally, expressed personally, sorry, and that were uh, also made prior to him taking up the role as chairman, he couldn't continue to serve his two roles at the Essendon Football Club and as chairman of City of the Hill Church. The board respects Andrew's decision to resign. We are deeply committed to our values and support wholeheartedly the work the AFL is contributing to stamp out any discrimination based on race, sex, religion, gender, sexual identity or orientation or physical or mental disability. I want to stress that neither the, neither the board nor Andrew were aware of the comments from the 2013 sermon until we read about them this morning. I also want to stress that this is not about vilifying anyone for their personal religious beliefs, but about a clear conflict of interest within an organisation's views. Do not align with our views as a club. We want to be safe, inclusive, diverse and welcoming to our staff, our players, our members and our fans, our partners and our wider community. Acting CEO Nick Bryan will continue his role whilst we commence the process to appoint a new CEO and, mate, I didn't make any of that up. Bloody hell. This is such an Essendon thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh because, like, there's people involved in this, but, I mean, one day you appoint the CEO and then next day you accept their resignation. Yeah, um, yeah. And I understand the club's in a difficult position because they didn't, they weren't aware of these comments that had been, um, or, yeah, the, <laughs> the sermon that uh, is being referred to. 
And I kind of understand it, you know, if you want to be inclusive, you know, does Andrew's beliefs in the church, you know, contradict that? And ultimately, I think both had to uh, make a choice and that's where we are. So, mate, that CEO search will, will go. And I've been in companies uh, where this has happened, where someone wins a job and then chooses against going. But in between that, you've got to tell other candidates they were unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, to know that you're a second choice can be a real slap in the face of people. Yeah. So that's why I think they might have to start the process again because, you know, if I came second to Andrew, um, mm. yeah, I'm not going to feel I won the job. I feel like I've got it on default. And yeah. some people won't accept roles on that belief. So, yeah, mate, um, I'm flabbergasted. I'm, you know, uh, but as you say, mate, it's such an excellent thing to happen. Uh, you just, you know, if it wasn't for the last few years, James, uh, you wouldn't believe it. But uh, but here we are. Um, I just, um, yeah, but because unfortunately, as you say, James, look, there has been a process um, and some quite good names who put their hand up, uh, Simon Lloyd among those, um, who's quite well-credentialed, quite well-respected in the industry. Um so, you know, if that means that we go, oh, look, sorry, mate, you didn't get it, but um, how about now? Um, and, and he chooses to shy away. Does that mean we've lost um, some really good candidates um, who are just unfortunate? And, you know, obviously, um, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I, I guess the, the thing to me is uh, I am... Slightly disappointed if we've said we've done our due diligence and we weren't aware of of these uh, sort of statements and, and links and all the rest of it. Um, that shows a um, a pretty um, uh, you know light touch uh, due diligence process if that is the case. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, ah, here we are again. Um, <clears throat> But, you know, on the upside, at least we don't have Clarko. Yeah, well, that's all right. And um, just on that too, mate, um, Alan Hurd, James's father, mm. has uh, written about the uh, Hawks racism allegations. Mm. Uh, he said, actions, not words needed in wake of Hawks racism allegations. So you're basically taking the task of how James was treated yeah. Um, as opposed to uh, we've got to give, you know, um, the benefit of the doubt to everyone else. But, yeah, they didn't live with cameras and reporters on their lawn for the next two, uh, two years, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of understand that as a father. You would be wondering, you know, why is um, everyone else given the expectation that you're innocent until proven guilty? Um yeah. But, uh, yeah, James wasn't afforded that. So um, I, I totally get that. But, mate, uh, that's a big story. Um, I, I don't think it's ever happened in the AFL before where someone's been appointed in a position and resigned the next day. I don't think that would have ever happened. Oh, well, Essendon says, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, Brad Scott, please, hold on. No, no <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've got to say, um, and mate, we're waiting uh, we're obviously in trade period as well. 
we're waiting on a call from, you know, um, yeah, Jack Bowers or um, and pick seven from the Gold Coast Suns. Gee, I hope this doesn't hurt, um, you know, our perception as a club. Um, and and you have to think it might um, when you've got a choice of three. So uh, yeah, I think you know. Well, not necessarily when one of them's Hawthorne. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think realistically things things happen. Um, in this case, uh, you know, Jack Bowes is a young bloke, um, you know, on, on big coin. Uh, now they want to do a salary dump. Um, if you went to Geelong, um, that, that salary would have to be smoothed out. There's no way they'd allow him to be on that big coin while other blokes are um, you know, having to take cheaper deals. Um, so effectively he could be giving up hundreds of thousands of dollars, like hundreds and hundreds, right? at least half a mil, I'd, I'd imagine, over you know, three, um, three potentially four years. Um, whereas with Essendon, we've got the cash to be able to pony up and say, no, we'll, we'll take your, your full salary, that's fine. Um yeah, and just gives you your pick seven. Um, he's at an age where he's young enough. Um, he's, his body type provides a point of difference where um, there's much more potential that he'd, uh, yeah, he'd be in our midfield um, because certainly we've been undersized for yeah, for far too long. So I think he'd have far more opportunity to play uh, yeah, meaningful minutes and, and games in our ones as opposed to you know, languishing in the twos, much like you know, a Sava Radical leader. Languages in the twos for for Geelong. Um, uh, so, look, I, I think that we're still in it. Um, you know, who knows what um, um, you yeah, know what Hawthorne could be put together, but um, yeah, certainly I imagine Brad Scott and Adrian Dodoro, uh, despite this uh, latest uh, catastrophe, mm. um, will be doing all they can to try and get that deal over the line. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's always something happening at the bombers, isn't it? Um, you know, we we'd like it to be more positive at times, but um, you know, that's where we're at. And you know, yeah, we've done this uh, basically. Uh, we've done two views very quickly, mate. Um, live as it kind of happened, uh, mm. because at first, like, I was I was actually defending him, thinking, well, he didn't make the decision, like he, and he's been referred to quotes that. He didn't make it. wasn't like he said these quotes. But I, I also it... understand the club's position of, mm. you know, we've got to represent the playing group, our members. And uh, in the Herald Sun report, mate, I've just had a quick glimpse of that. And there was a lot of, uh, as they as they identify themselves in the in the Herald Sun report, queer Essendon members yep. who were deeply offended that this had happened. So um, I think... Yeah, the pressure came and the club, you know, knew this could be really decisive uh, and uh, dividing and you know, they've acted swiftly. Um, and, you know, uh, it's one of those things, you know, you know, we look like a bit of a laughing stock when this, something like this happens. But if it's ultimately a greater gain, then maybe that tough call needed to be made. Yeah, and I think, like... I would still defend uh, Thorbert's position. Like he's uh, made that call to, um, you know, to resign. Um, you know, 
I would probably say at the behest of the board to say, I think you should probably resign, mate. Um, um, yeah, whether they thought his position was untenable. Um, but ultimately, he has made that decision for the betterment of the football club. So I don't think it's a, um, yeah, it remains a, a blight on him or anything like that. Yes, we look stupid. We've got egg in our, egg in our face. Um, but the thing I, I guess I reflect on um, now just thinking about it is, um, the board has made that call. They've ripped the Band-Aid off. They've gone, okay, look, we announced this last night. <laughs> he, pre- he presented it our best and fairest and uh, everyone was behind him. You know, things have changed um, and we've had to make this call. They've ripped the Band-Aid off, um, which I think is a, a really positive thing um, because we haven't been afraid to make those hard calls. Um, so, look, silver linings. Um but yeah, search goes on for the uh, CEO, James. So um, yeah, maybe best you brush up that CV of yours. <laughs> Do you think um, curse is the real mate? Because I feel <laughs> like we're cursed at times. And um, <laughs> this is the new a new podcast, mate. We're talking about <laughs> um, curses and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, you can't make this up. And um, you know, Titus O'Reilly, you know, we follow him on. Uh, Twitter, yep. and he's quite comical at times, but he's come up better than have announced now the new plan to give everyone a turn to be CEO for a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can only laugh at comments like that, but um, yeah, it's hard to believe that's the position we're in, and quite rightly, um, our um, <laughs> the, the media are coming for us, uh, calling us the laughing stock of the nation and so forth, um, which, uh, you know, again, it comes back to due diligence, doesn't it, mate? Like, um, particularly, you would have hoped someone could have dug into this before this became an issue. Yep. Um, and it didn't have a great look, to be honest, because he was part of the review and apparently yep. took him out of, out of the review for, for him to apply for this CEO role. Well, just he, hoped- he, well, he took himself out of the... Um- yeah, search for a CEO mm. um, as opposed to the external review. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, did, did, it did have a bit of whiskers on it, though, didn't it? Like, oh, it, it did, absolutely. Um, uh, I suppose you wear that. Um, but, I mean, like, realistically, um, look, and we know that he was uh, involved in the, um, you know, uh, the NAB Royal Commission, Um and you know, some quite harsh words said about him there too. So some whiskers around that as well. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, this bloke has obviously been quite a successful business person um, uh, and has proven to be able to you know lead um, you know high powered organisations. Um, but I guess since that royal commission, he's been a bit on the nose, uh, been effectively you know, more or less unhirable as a CEO, like too overqualified for lower level positions. Um, but, uh, yeah, people weren't willing to take a risk on him. Um, we have taken that risk and it's, it's backfired. Um, but we've made the decision, uh, quickly to, um, I suppose, take an about face. So, um, I guess I'm, I am glad that we didn't let it drag on, um, for too long. And as much as being laughing stock of the, the AFL, well, I don't know, like have a look at North and Hawthorne. I think, People just don't come for them as much because their yeah, their teams are are not as big um, right now. Like it's it's tall poppy syndrome as, as far as I could see. Um, 
you know, north of, you know, uh, we're all jubilant about, you know, snapping, um, you know, Clarko. Um, and, uh, you yeah, know, we're very quick to, uh, yeah, get on to Essendon and say, oh, there's no way Clarkson was going to follow that drug money and then see what happened. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't mean, mean to – actually, no, I won't say that. That'll be too far. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, but you know, um, we just got to cop it on the chin and go, okay, no worries. We'll, we'll go back to the uh, go back to the pile and, and see uh, uh, who we can get uh, to lead our great club. I, I think there's still plenty of reason for uh, optimism. Yeah, well, um, Brad Scott, welcome to Essendon. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's been working for the AFL. Um, fair to say, uh, it's been a bumpy ride already. Um, that's been thrown at him uh, since being named coach. Uh, you got a board member coming out openly saying that he didn't vote for you, and um, then uh, you've had a CEO hired and basically resigned the following day. So um, he's certainly learning that it's uh, not going to be. Easier decision, um, and yeah. especially initially. Um, but let's uh, have some optimism. Hopefully, you know, the next person that comes in, I'd love it to be someone like Simon Lloyd. Um, you know, you're not going to have any bad things said about him. Um, you know, he's, he's inexperienced as a CEO, but, I mean, he's had a lot of football experience. And, uh, you know, I posed this question to Matthew Lloyd, mate, on Trade Radio the other day. Um, mm. And... Matthew said that he had hand on heart. He didn't know if Simon was part of the, uh, you know, search for the CEO at Essendon, but he believed he'd be a very good CEO in time. Um, so, you know, um, let's hope that uh, we can see, um, yeah, a good appointment made uh, despite this uh, initial embarrassment. Yeah, well... yeah getting back, to, mate, to, um, uh, well, yeah, we touched on the appointments. Uh, now, we have heard that uh, Dean Solomon may still be part of the club. Uh, it seems like at the moment, Carousel, Tapping and Gene uh, Syracuse will all stay at Essendon. Mm-hmm. But there is still talk that Dean Solomon could join um, you know, closer to the uh, start of pre-season. So um, I think that, you know, uh, Brad has said he'd like to analyse what he has under his, uh, you know, what, who's already there yep. to see what's lacking. Um, so I'd love to see Dean back at the club. I think he'd be a, a good player to get, like, you know, not as a player, obviously, but as a coach. And, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, I mean, he would, uh, to me, he'd bring that bit of hardness to our group, which I think... Yeah, we're sorely lacking and we desperately need, um, you know, Brad Scott's obviously part of that, but, you know, Dean Solomon's apparently quite good with, um, you know, developing a relationship with younger players. If he can, you know, get our young players off to a good start, get them to, I suppose, you know, not be afraid to put their hair over the footy, lay a tackle, um, all the rest of it, you know, play for your teammates, lay a shepherd. Um, that'd go a long way to, um, I suppose, Rebuilding confidence in the fan base into, you know, the I suppose the performance output of the team in general because, um, yeah, for too long, um, we've been a very mediocre side and you, you never know what Essendon's going to show up on the day. Um, yeah, we've shown patches where we can, 
you know, blitz sides within a quarter, um, you know, kick a mountain of goals on them and then go quiet for the you know, remaining three quarters. Um, or just from the get-go, just not seem into the game at any stage. And, uh, yeah, it's just been sort of unsalvageable. Whereas, you know, if we have that bit of hardness or that that want for the contest, um, yeah, sure, there's parts of every game where our momentum swings and, um, you know, the opposition might get on top of you. But if you keep cracking away, you know, laying tackles, all the rest of it, you give yourself all more opportunity, um, yeah, for the ball to bounce your way sometimes. And, uh, um, yeah, that's one thing I'd really love to see. So, yeah, I'd, I'd welcome Solly back at the club. Yeah, and uh, we had the Crichton medal last night. Mm. Um, now, um, it's fair to say uh, it wasn't the best presentation if you were watching online. Yeah. Um, you know, you didn't actually see, uh, um, you know, there was no, you know, I understand people having their meals and so forth, but I, I didn't think it was the best graphic. You, you felt like your computer was either, uh, your internet was uh, not working or, or whatever. It could have easily just said intermission or, you know, uh, something like that just to make you aware that uh, there's no problem with your internet provider. Um, yeah. But also, like, the... The voting graphics uh, were all over the shop. Yeah. Uh, we saw them dart around and people change position and actually disappear yeah. off the um, – and the, and the final votes released was uh, even worse because people who were, you know, had received votes in the previous graphics weren't even on there. So yeah. um, it's very hard to analyse, you know, how the votes were done. So. Again, I just think that, um, you know, even though it's a small thing of, you know, people not attending but still feeling part of the night, you know, by watching it from home, um, yeah, that needs to be looked at. And But even the people who were at the event, I'm sure they were baffled at times. Where where did Darcy Parrish go? Mm. He was, uh, he had 104 votes after eight rounds and then somehow only got, you know, 40-odd for the rest of the, the year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed a bit strange, but uh, hats off to Peter Wright who won it, and it was a surprise, I must say, yeah. um, to win the Crichton Medal. But uh, yeah, he was very consistent all year, and I thought he, you know, yeah, well earned. Um, and Zach Merritt came second. I'm sure he was a bit baffled too, because mm. um, you know he he missed a couple of games, but especially at the end of the year, I didn't know how he didn't make up the votes required to jump. Peter Wright, especially in the last few games, but yep. um, that happened. And then um, yeah, in third spot, Mount Wealthy, I, I thought that was a real surprise as well, you know. Um, you know, again, you admire his tenacious uh, way he plays, and um, but I was very surprised because when you look at his stat-wise, and, and we know we don't just go stats, so many games he had under 15 possessions, you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so subjective, I guess, voting. But uh, you know, when, you know, it seemed a strange top three, um, particularly the year of Mason Redmond. And mm-hmm. I even thought Jaden Laverde might have voted a bit higher, even though he was top five or six. But yeah, for the workload that he did. Um, what were your thoughts on those? Yeah, I, to me, I, I think you know Zach Merritt and Mason Redmond in particular. Uh, would have every right to uh, to be a bit flat um, with the resulting count. Um, look, nothing against P. 
Peter Wright and Matt Guelphy. Like, obviously, Peter Wright kicking 53 goals in a season is uh, yeah, almost unheard of for Essendon for uh, for a long time since Joe Danaher. Um, so, it, like, it's a great output from him. Um, but, you know, to me, I, I just don't see um, how... Like, there were games where he floated in there games or he... Um, you know, or he you know, didn't kick goals for, for some games um, and was you know, largely unsighted at times. Uh, not to say he didn't have a good season, but, you know, in terms of consistency, I don't ter- I don't see how, um, you know, Zach Merritt came second there or Mason Redmond for that matter uh, when they had, they both had really consistent seasons uh, and were consistently performing. As for Matt Guelphy, look, um, you know, I love him because I, I think he's um, he he struts his stuff and he you know he gets everything out of himself, Matt Welfy. Uh, but to me, he's he's more your um uh, look. It'll sound bad when I say this, but like it sounds like yeah, he's your hardest tryer, Jane. Um, he doesn't have all the all the tricks and talent in the world, but he gets everything out of himself. Whereas Mason Redman, he got everything out of himself, but has that talent as well. Like he. Um, he really took control of some games and showed um, yeah, some some great footy throughout the year. So uh, for Matt Guelphy to get up over Mason Redmond, I, I can't see how Guelphy had a better year than Redmond for mine. Um, Jordan Ridley at number five there. Um, I don't think he had an outstanding year for mine. I, I agree with you, James. I, I would have thought Jaden Laverde potentially you know, could have uh, taken that spot there and Directly behind Jaden Laverde at number seven, you've got Jake Kelly. Now, he did come good towards the end of the season when we started playing him in his proper role on those small forwards. But at the start of the season, um, you know, we're all questioning, what's his role on the side? Like, um, and was it, you know, disrupting the unity of that back six previously? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found that, uh, yeah, I suppose that, for him to be just one vote behind Laverde, I found that a bit um, strange. Again, nothing against Jake Kelly, but yeah, output-wise, I just questioned a bit. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was fascinating. And as for the the vote count, James, like yes, like the graphics, yeah, they come in and out, like they show up for one point six seconds and then um, <laughs> yeah, move the on. Speed reader, yeah, you yeah. blink and you miss it. But sometimes I'd see stuff like Braden Hare, um, twenty six you know, votes <laughs> had twenty six votes by the end of the first eight rounds or something like that. Then I didn't see him for the rest of the. Um, so was it a you know was it a typo or or, or yeah did they misattribute those votes to him or did he get those votes? Um, uh, but bugger if I know how he how he would have got them. Um, uh, and and I guess like these should be simple things, James. Um, you know, the, the club would have done the count. You set up a slideshow and, all right, here are your votes and all the rest of it. <laughs> like, talk about due diligence. Read the slides. Are they correct? Are they not? Um, and then publish them. Like, read twice, uh, at least, at least once. Um, and so it makes it really hard for us to then look at it and go, okay, well, who got where? Because on the club website, um, the Crichton Medal leaderboard, they only show the top 10. Um, you don't see, you know, any other vote getters or whatever. I, I, like I think, 
these should be easy things. You've got those numbers in front of you. You've you've had the votes. You've tallied them up. Um, why is it that we're having to guess and go, oh, I think, um, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that, like, no one had thought, where did Darcy Barish go after round eight? Like, yeah. Because he played some good games in between round eight and um, round 14, I think, was mm. between that. Um, so he, he actually would have polled highly in some of those games. Yeah. Yet he dropped off their leaderboard altogether. And um, mm. the fact that no one picked it up, and I understand it's just data entry when you're doing a graphic board, but, I mean, it says to me that the person who was checking it wasn't uh, even, you know, didn't notice that. At all, um, you know. So I, I think it's just you know, have football people do football things. Oh, as I say, so you know, I can write something, but if I don't know what I'm writing about, yeah. I won't know. You know what's missing or what's relevant, and what's not. So um, yeah, I, I guess like it sounds a bit strong for what it is, but I mean, I think the members who are like you know part of the club and we're told we're very valued. We find this interesting, you know, having all the voting displayed to us, even as of tonight. Mm. We've had no uh, correction, no here's our final, you know, nothing like that. And I just think, yeah, you know, we wrote that, you know, but I think, you know, people should have that uh, that data available to them if they want it. So, um, yeah, again, uh, I guess the club's a bit of turmoil today. Um I guess, uh, yeah, because Andrew Thornburn was actually on SEM, mate, and they gave him about a 20-minute spot. Mm. And he defended himself really well. And he spoke really well, I've got to say. He has a bit of charisma. Um, but he defended himself and, and was able to really say, hey, I'm very inclusive. You know, I'm an inclusive person. Um, my views do not, you know, won't hold anything in the in the Essendon role. Um, you know, on my my church's views won't direct me in my role at Essendon. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, ultimately he's chosen to resign and I'm sure that that was under a lot of club pressure too uh, to do that. So, um, yeah, the fact that we now have to continue a CEO search, um, yeah, is unbelievable in a way. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to the... Like, Quite middle night. I think it's the simple things that, that just weren't done, like the show and hate intermission, um, you know, the vote count, all that kind of stuff. As, as good as it was to be able to, you know, have, um, you know, vision and um, see stuff, you know, from the night, from the comfort of our own homes for free, um, you know, I'll, I've got to add, um, the simple things just just weren't done um, well. So I'd imagine, um, you know, they should be fixed up. Um, Sarah Jones, I thought, did a really good job uh, presenting for the night. Um, uh, I did note that everyone seemed really short. You know, if they had a presentation to do or quick speech, it was a really short one. Um, so it was obviously quite a lot of attention on, okay, let's just wrap it up as quickly as we can. Um, it certainly wasn't, a, you know, a lot of, um, uh, you know, big speeches or anything given on the night. Um yeah, perhaps, <laughs> you know, because honestly it felt like, um, you know, watching the thing, what did it go for about three hours or so, James? Um, and I reckon, yeah, an hour and a half of that 
at the very least was intermissions, um, you know, for the people there, stuff in their faces. Um, <laughs> I just, at times I was like, hurry up and buddy, eat your meat, you bastards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I have been at functions like this. Entrees can take about 30 minutes to serve, mate. Like mm. you're waiting for them to get around to each table and, and so forth. And, you know, I know Crown's, Probably a bit bigger than the local bowls club, but I mean, um, still like it was very long time between entrees and and desserts, particularly like um, so yeah, I I do I do understand what you're saying, but um, ultimately, as you say, it was a free event, um, and yeah, online, um, certainly not to attend, but um, yeah, like I said, I just thought they could have done a lot better, especially. Providing us the right voting, um, and for some reason, mate, I noticed that I had a look at the voting between uh, this year and last year. Mm. I think last year the winner was on like four hundred and twenty votes, and yeah. then so uh, I don't know what changed in the voting. Yeah, you know, I don't think someone was like double as good as the previous year, if you know what I mean. So. Um, Strange voting system, but yeah, I, I was just going to ask, mate. It's a bit hard to do, but we like to usually compare our top ten to the club's top ten. Top yep. ten on what has been presented by the club to this day. How did our top ten stack up? Ah, uh, well, interestingly, is the word. Um, so basically, if I go from. Uh, yeah, top down. So number one, obviously Peter Wright for the Crichton Medal. Um, we had uh, Peter Wright at, at number seven in our Don's Cast Medal votes. Yeah. Zach Merritt came second, whereas we had him, uh, yeah, taken out the Don's Cast Medal. Um, Matt Guelphy, um, yeah, obviously came in third for the Crichton, and we had him at number ten. Yeah. Um, Mason Redman. Uh, came in at number four for the Crichton. We had him at number three. Um, Jordan Ridley came in at number five um, for the Crichton, uh, and he came in at number nine for us. Uh, Jaden Laverde came in at number six for the Crichton, uh, and Laverde was 12th um, on the Dallas Cast Medal leaderboard. Uh, Jake Kelly came in at number seven for the Crichton. Uh, he came in at number 14 for the Don's Cast medal votes. Nick Martin came in at number eight, um, and he came in at number uh, six for the Don's Cast medal. Uh, there was a three-way tie on ninth for Darcy Parrish, Dylan Shield, and Nick Hind. Uh, we had Dylan Shield on, uh, you know, a runner-up for the Don's Cast medal. Um, Darcy Parrish, we had at number five, and Nick Hind, uh, some way behind that. Um, oh no, number four, we had him at fourth after mm. the Dots Cuts medal. And then they had Andy McGrath, number 10, um, whereas we had him well behind, mate, right beyond 20. Um, uh, for the Dots Cuts medal, that, that was an interesting one for mine 140, like. You're saying he's equal 10th. I didn't think he had a very good year uh, for mine. So um, who knows? He might have been doing roles that we weren't aware of, but um, or potential bit of a uh, bit of voters bias there. But 
um, yeah, interesting, uh, you know, voting tally. Um, certainly, uh, I suppose we've got some of the names, uh, you know, within the same range or, or within that top 10, but certainly not as accurate as we were last year. We, I think we got a bit closer to the mark uh, with last year's voting tally. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, hard to... Uh... Hard to say much more than what was presented, but um, as a few awards went down, mate, we saw Nick Martin named you know first year player of the game or player of the year. Yep, well deserved. Yep. Um, but it was great to see Ben Hobbs uh, recognise that uh, how whilst he was up on the screen, um, yeah. I think he had ninety votes after uh, round fourteen. I think it was so that was a good effort by Ben Hobbs, mm. um, and uh, you know. We have got an exciting list, you know, building. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think overall, um, yeah, as a, as a year we should uh, hope to forget, I think, you know, even though it was our 150th year, it was disappointing all around, I thought. Um, and, uh, you know, the only thing I can say is I look with optimism for next year. Mm. Um, now, mate, just um, some trade news because... Obviously, we're in trade week. and um, Now, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, apparently considering a comeback. Mm. But apparently, he's spoken to Fremantle and had an informal conversation with us. Now, um, I'd be really gutted if I saw Tipper playing for Frio Doppers. Um, mind you, like, you know, his mental health's far more important than representing us. And if that was making him a better rounded individual in terms of his mental health, then I'd support it. But I, I mean, uh, it just seems to be that he should be at this. Yeah, I mean, these are the ones that I suppose you you get a, a real gut punch from. Like, um, you know, we all remember when Wanganine went to Port. Um, yeah, you, you just feel dirty, like your your favourite player playing in another jumper. Um, but at the end of the day, for mine, I, I think, you know. Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody served the Essendon Football Club well, um, you know, for a fair period. Um, he he fell out of love with the game. He had his mental health issues, uh, and if he's now in a space where he's considering a comeback to football, um, you know, I, I think you know wherever that be, I, I'd love him at Essendon, obviously. But if that is that, you know, Frio, where he he feels more comfortable there. You know, the lifestyle is better for him. He's out of the Melbourne spotlight um, and all the rest of it. Um, more power to him, I think. Um, like, yeah, it'll it'll hurt seeing lighted up, um, you know, an Optus Stadium or uh, or something like that. Um, uh, but you know, as a just a pure footy fan, I just love to see him back out there. I, in saying that, I probably consider it unlikely. Um, I think he's uh, yeah. As much as you might want to come back, he's he's coming from a long way back, Jane. Um, yeah, he's obviously got to do a lot of work with his fitness and um, I suppose getting his mind um, yeah around yeah having that physical readiness that is required at AFL level. Um, but again, if he is considering a comeback, I'd love for him to consider Essendon. Um, but. Uh, you know, whatever he chooses, um, yeah, we'll just have to sit back and accept, um, and uh, and wish him all the best. Um, yeah, I suppose that's my two cents. Now, um, 
James Harms, mate, was recorded as uh, you know, expressing a desire to come to Essendon or at least explored that. Now, it's been reported that Brad Scott couldn't find time in the past weekend to meet up with James. So as such, James decided to not request a trade to Essendon and he will remain at Belden. Um, are you disappointed with that? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, yeah, it would have been good to get him. But I suppose a big question mark on, on Harms was his, um, I suppose, disposal efficiency. Like, yes, he can go forward and kick goals. And, yes, he does the hard stuff, all of which, you know, you love. Um, but we've got enough problems in our midfield and our poor, poor disposals. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have the system in place to to really mop up from that. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, I guess if Brad Scott um, has considered that nah, he's too old for the you know, where I want to take this club. And he said quite openly, look, um, I don't want a quick fix. If if the Essendon Football Club wants a quick fix to his problems, I'm not your guy. Um, he wants to set up his club his way. Uh, and I quite like that because he's, he's backing himself in. We saw at North Melbourne where he told, um, you know, the board there, I think we need a full rebuild. And they said, no, 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 we're just going to keep on topping up. You saw the performances, you know, tail away because, you know, the club wasn't able to, you know, continually... Uh, I suppose have good performances with uh, with an aging list, um, yeah, that hadn't rebuilt for quite some time, and now they're still in a world of hurt. Um, so I think his uh, his decision there has been vindicated on that north side, and and so he wants to make sure that the board's fully behind him uh, with setting up how he sees the list. Um, so if he sees that he doesn't fit the demographic that he wants, you know, no worries, and I'm. I'm I'm pretty glad that he's, you know, I suppose, uh, putting the line in the sand early and not just, you know, caving and going, oh, okay, just an older player here, just an older player there. Uh, Particularly when, um, you know, we've got um, other young guys that can potentially fill that role, like a Ben Hobbs, um, you know, like a Perkins that we're hoping to, you know, sort of mould into that midfield unit. Because remembering, you know, if we bring someone in like that, he's going to get game time. He's going to take away those minutes that could potentially be put towards a Hobbs or a Perkins or, um, you know, whoever else we, we get in. Um, so, um, yeah, would have been good to get him, but realistically we're not any chance of threatening for a flag in the next year or two. Um, so missing out on this player now, I'm not overly fussed with. Yeah. And I think, like, other than that, mate, um, I guess the only other thing that we're waiting for, as mentioned earlier, was about the Jack Bowes and potentially pick seven coming to the club. But, uh, you know, my gut feels he'll choose Geelong or Hawthorne. Um, seems like we're third at the moment. Um, but that would be a ripper deal to be part of. Mm. Um, but what else can we do? Um, you know, there's been some late reports today, mate, that, uh, Adrian Dodoro has uh, spoken with uh, Dunkley again, uh, Josh Dunkley, mm-hmm. um, in the hopes that if Brisbane can't get the required draft picks for uh, the Bulldogs, that um, that he may re-explore coming to us. Um, seems like a, a shot in the wind, to be honest, but um, I guess there must be some doubts because of Brisbane's uh, need for points because of the... Uh, 
obviously the the one that they're uh, getting from you know the number one draft pick, you know, uh, is going to be costing them all their draft points from this year, and just one uh, first round pick's not going to get it done. So uh, Ashcroft is the player I'm talking about is uh, going to cost them pick one, which will be all their draft points for this year. Yep, and they somehow have to get enough. Uh, assets to come back to the Bulldogs to get Josh Dunkley. Mm-hmm. So, um, hence why, um, you know, Dodoro has started conversations. Um, but again, that sounds very much a shot in the dark. Um, but, yeah, but I, I don't mind him raising the question, um, you know, because the worst he can do is do is say no. Um, and he'd be a player I'd love to get, Jane. Like at a right age, he's got that point of difference, body size, and you know, he's a goal kicking mid, obviously. Um, like he's one that I'd absolutely, um, you know, chuck, you know, the you know, next year's first or whatever, uh, we'd have to get to get him because I think he he absolutely fills a need. Um, yeah, whereas a harms, you know, I'm, I'm less excited on. So, um, yeah, good, good on Dodoro for raising the question, even if the answer is no. Well, you know, you'd miss out on him in, in, uh, in any case. Uh, if you didn't ask questions, so uh, no, I'm, I'm behind that. And just before we go to a break, mate, there's um, some even more staggering reports that uh, the football club is now exploring the actions of club president Dave Barham uh, since he's been appointed, uh, and a, a counter ticket may be on the way. You joke. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they did the, the, the you know, obviously the checking of uh, Alistair Clarkson, uh, the non-checks there, which obviously didn't come out till after the fact. Yeah. And now this appointment, which is backed by, you know, terribly, uh, does not reflect Dave in the highest view um, of doing, you know, cross-referencing and Barham has now jeopardised the review with the Hasty and unchecked appointment. Uh, so um, you would surely hope that we're not going to see a, a board challenge as well, um, because that would just, you know, just totally, uh, you know, those calls from last night from Andrew Thornburn himself, Thornburn himself, was the hope that the board, the, the club, and the board could all be united. Um, <laughs> not a great start achieving that. We are Essington. <laughs> uh, actually, one one last thing we should touch on, James, is um, yeah. yeah, Aaron Francis. Um, oh yes, has uh, yeah. has nominated Sydney as his uh, club of choice. Um, yeah, they're talking potentially there that we get a uh, a third rounder in conversation. Mm-hmm. I believe the deal was something like, um, yeah, they give us a third rounder, we give them a future fourth or something like that. Um, so the, the effective trade value is at about that 40-odd um, sort of mark. So that pick 35 is what we're sort of looking for there for Aaron Francis. Um, and like he's another one where, look, he's unfortunately, um, it hasn't worked for him at Essendon. Um, he hasn't demonstrated a consistent um, yeah, brand of footy that he'd like or the, or the club would like. Um, so he's obviously exploring his options for a uh, fresh... Uh, a fresh start and yeah, good on him, I reckon. Um, yeah, uh, no doubt Sydney will turn him around and he'll turn into a buddy superstar. 
Mm. Um, but I think realistically, it was time for him to move on from Essendon. It was time for Essendon to move on um, from Aaron. So if Sydney can get you know, a better output from him, um, more power to him. Um, but I, I reckon yeah, he would go with the club's blessing. Yes. Um, yeah. All the best, Aaron. We know he's had his mental health issues and so forth. And um, yeah, you don't want to see anyone in those kind of you know negative ways, like you know having the, the problems that are associated with mental health. So if that's going to be better for him long term, and you can only support that. And, uh, although we love footy, some things like life are more important. Mm. So uh, well, I totally would support that. Um, although it's a poor return on initial investment, you know, pick six. You know, turning into pick thirty-five or forty, whatever it's going to be. Um, yeah, is it disappointing return? But as I said, it's uh, we're talking about people, not you know, uh, it's not a video game. So yeah, we have got to understand that, and mm. uh, you don't always get a guaranteed hit on yeah. your investments. Um, mate, yeah. we'll have a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll quickly discuss uh, obviously the, the last two games for the AFLW, and then. We've still got to finish off our player review. So it's a pretty long episode tonight. Um, <laughs> as so, they all are. <laughs> as they all are. We tend to start uh, speaking stuff. But, um, you know, we're still getting listeners. So I mean, some people are listening to us still. So uh, we'll keep doing it. So we'll have a break and we'll come back uh, to discuss the AFLW. And you're listening to the Donkers cast. Uh, now, mate, we're going to the AFLW. Um, obviously, you're away last week, so we couldn't discuss the Essendon Collingwood game. Um, it was a pretty wet and wintry day, that one. Um, mm. And we just couldn't get the results. So, mind you, I still thought we showed a lot of fight. Um, Collingwood's a foundation club of the AFLW. Yep. So uh, they've had many years, you know, the seven years basically to get themselves to the level they're at at the moment. But um, we certainly gave a lot of effort. What did we end up going down by, mate? Was that 11 points? Yeah, it was uh, yeah, 17 to 28, I think, at the end of the day. Uh, so pretty disappointing. Um, you know, I uh, yeah, obviously watched the replay. Um I guess the thing that was disappointing for me is, uh, you know, we we play with a lot of um, a lot of energy, a lot of tenacity, uh, a lot of physical physical pressure, uh, but just not a lot of polish. Um, you know, we missed a lot of targets, um, and really that third term in particular, I thought, Jane, uh, we had the ascendancy, but just didn't put anything on the scoreboard. Um, whereas Colin were able to kick a couple of late goals to. Um, uh, to run away with the match in the end. But I think, you know, credit to the girls, they, you know, battled it out hard. Um and they were they were right in it right up until the last five minutes of the game. Um but it's unfortunately weren't able to put any any pressure on the scoreboard there. Um and it's uh it's sort of funny to me, Jane, because um as much as there is uh, you know good effort, a lot of contributors um, I have to say there's a, a massive 
difference between you know our best and our um uh, i suppose and everyone else um and obviously presbarkus yeah stands out yeah above all others really um and effectively it's it's a bit like there's many presbarkus daylight and then the next best players um you know she had 31 possessions um yeah kicked a goal and you know Couple of marks, um, four tackles. Um, it was another really dominant display uh, from Pusbarkas. Um and the next best, um, yeah, possession getter was Catherine Phillips, who's a really good runner. She really comes into the game particularly late. Um, that seems to be how she uh, yeah, gathers a lot of her footy. She must have a lot of good fitness, and whenever people were tiring, um, she's able to put her hand up. Um, but again, she's not clean with it, um, so she doesn't have as much impact as. She otherwise might. Um, yeah, like, what about yourself, Mel? What sort of comments did you have for this game? Yeah, I, yeah, Collingwood looked a step above, um, mm. but I, yeah, I thought again we had great crowds support. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been really proud of the way our supporters have been following this team. Yeah, you know, mm. um, pretty much very vocal and. I just feel our players are really generating a lot of effort from that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, yeah, Maddie Prasparkas, again, she's been brilliant in most games. Uh, I think she's been beaten really once only for the season. Mm. Um, I thought she was clearly our best player. And, again, I, I did like the play of Phillips. I thought she really ran hard all game and, you know, got herself, you know, open – um, you know, up on the wing. Um, yep. Generated a lot of footy forward. But, you know, uh, again, it looked like, a, you know, Collingwood you know, got more opportunities and you know, made the most of them. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, it, was there anything else you wanted to add about that game, mate? No, I guess, I guess like, um, I suppose the inaccuracy in front of goal, like, because... Um, you know, when we started the game, it started really well. You know, Sophie Alexander kicked that goal to to get us up and going. And we thought, oh, here we go. We could be in for, for a shot here. Um, and we only scored one more goal for the match. And that was from, uh, you know, Prisbarkas, um kicking it through. Um, and at the end, we kicked two goals, five. And really, we should have um, had a few more opportunities. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we are quite a, a young list i mean there's some there's some girls that are going to be absolute jets you know amber clark um you know she has a lot of promise um you know obviously Paige Scott. yeah Paige Scott. i suppose a really unfortunate thing was elise gamble um you know been playing pretty well in defense um she came out of the game uh due to injury which is uh which was a real blow to us um we've already talked you know previously that our defense is uh pretty i suppose undersized and under um, under experience and to lose uh, at least Gamble who's probably been one of our better defenders uh, well, I suppose more um, you know salt on that wound um, yeah we saw yeah Stephanie Wales I thought she battled um, pretty hard again um, so we got a lot of you know um, players that show a bit of talent but I, I guess opposition also put effort into um, other players that could have more impact for us like Bonnie Toogood um, I thought she was 
largely shut out of having any big impact. Like she still does find a little bit of footy, but uh, certainly didn't kick any goals during the match. Um, you know, Paige Scott shows a lot of exuberance, mate. Um, mm. You know, laid the five tackles, which is which is great, but um, yeah, wasn't able to kick a goal. So I think that's something that um, you know, as good as it is to see the effort. Um, yeah, we need a bit more work on our execution of, of skills and delivery. Um, yeah, particularly out forward. Um, but yeah, yeah, I suppose overall that you know decent showing against an experienced side in Collingwood. Um, and I mean you, you're going up against uh, people like yeah, um, Lauren Braz- um, Brazil. Um, like she's an absolute jet. Yeah. Um, you know, further that you had um, yeah, Sabrina Frederick, who's an absolute mountain. Um, so. Um, and yeah, I remember watching that game, and I think it was uh, I think it might have been Paige Scott um, took it down in a tackle. Um, at one stage. The ripper, maybe yeah, like absolute ripper. Because like big unit, so uh, and, and Paige Scott, like she's solid, but she's not huge. Um, take her down. I, I think she showed real good. Um, I suppose intent there. She's only what nineteen, Jane. Yeah, eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, so um, she's going to be a jet, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get the chocolates. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, a, a good a good showing for the um, yeah for first year side. Yeah, um, and we saw Bannister. Um, she got suspended in that game for a sling tackle. Thought she was a bit stiff. Was it? Yeah, I did feel like she let go just in time. You know, for it wasn't a true sling where she meant for intent, but. Still was rubbed out for a week. Um, so we'll get her back for the Geelong game uh, coming Sunday. But, um, yeah, how did you go with your boats in that game? Yeah, well, as I said, it was a, um, it's sort, of, sort of a difficult one to pick out who was better than others. Um, but I ended up going for one vote for Paige Scott. I just thought her, her tackles and tenacity was um, uh, yeah, it was was pretty good to see. Um Bonnie too good, um, you know, I thought was um yeah, played a an okay game, didn't have as much impact as he'd like, but um, yeah, certainly uh, gave enough effort. Um but um yeah, Matty Prisparkas was uh, I suppose the the standout for me and, and got my three votes. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, so for me, I actually gave one vote to Bannister. I thought she was quite good in that game. Um yeah, she, I love the way she is. She's quite strong and you know, tackles the hurt. Um, mm. And obviously, unfortunately, it cost her a week. But, uh, yeah, I thought she played quite a game. I gave two votes to, the, to Phillips. Uh, yeah, she ran relentlessly up and down the wing and, you know, moved the ball forward when she could. Mm. And uh, I thought it was pretty easy to give the three votes to Chris Barkas, who, again, um, really led the way. Absolutely, mate. Um, so well, we then flowed into the uh, Brisbane game, mm. and mate, we just we spoke just before the game started, and I said to you, mate, it's going to be a tough game this one. Um, you have Brisbane, you know, any percentage off the top, but you know they'd had one loss against Richmond the week before, and uh, we were missing quite a few, well, a number of good players, especially Gamble, who uh, you know was hold standout key position post, um, mm-hmm. and down back. Uh, you know, I thought we might be in a little bit of trouble, but uh, yeah, that proved to be the case because 
only inaccuracy stopped Brisbane from winning from what seemed like a hundred points, mate. And um, yeah, they certainly dominating uh, for most of the game. Very lucky that the posts were a bit wider, it seems, and uh, <laughs> picked up a number of goals that would have been or would have been goals to points. And um, yeah, you know, Brisbane were inaccurate. But, uh, yeah, we, we were largely uncompetitive and we were a bit better in that second half. But um, certainly Brisbane put us to the sword. They did, mate. You know, eight goals, 14. Um, like, and, you know, at least five of those hit the post. You know, I think uh, one of their players, I can't remember um, who it was off the top of my head, um, hit the post three times. Oh. Um, so you, you think, bloody hell, you know. Uh, Bodie, I think it was. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, um, Sorry, mate. Every time I hear Bodie, I just keep going back to point break. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it was a it was a long day for the girls. Um, yeah, we were outclassed on on every line. You'd have to say, um, yeah, Maddie Prisparkas again was probably the only one that um, you know won her position or at least held her own. Um, uh, the rest, you know, we had some good competitors again. Yeah, Catherine Phillips, um, you know, played played a decent game. Um, yeah, Stephanie Kane. Um, yeah, as always, you know, cracks in. Amber Clark tried to get him the end of a few. Um, and I uh, should say, mate, Phillips and uh, Kane were playing their 50th game. Or... Mm, yeah, which so is... They're, uh... they're both playing their 50th game. And considering the competition's, what, about 10 games long, mm. um, over seven seasons, uh, you know, means you played a lot of the footy in the AFLW. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty dour day. Our game, rather, um, for the girls. Um, yeah, obviously, we yeah, there's goals to Doonan, who I, I think she shows a bit Doonan. Um, um, yeah, she's managed to um, yeah hit the scoreboard a couple of times this year. Um, so she's uh, again another developing player, uh, and Phillips kicking our our other goal. Um, so three all up. Um, yeah, otherwise a a pretty, uh, pretty torrid affair. You know, we certainly saw the difference between a, um, a, a genuinely experienced, good quality side in Brisbane um, against, um, you know, Essendon, where uh, trials we might, um, yeah, we just weren't up to the task on the day. It's time to bring back uh, Frederica, I think, um, bro. Um, mm. yeah, I think she sat out long enough now. Um, yeah, we should get Bannister back, uh, which would be good. Um, so, yeah, I'd be loading up because Geelong um, aren't the same calibre. They've had a good season, mind you. But, um, yeah, uh, Georgie Presparkas, um, Madison's sister, is going to be out for that game, which is basically Geelong's star player. Um, so we should have a good chance, uh, despite Geelong having better form line. Um I think we can take it up to them. Uh, we're playing a mournable, mate, on uh, 10 past one on Sunday. Mm, yeah, it should be a should be an interesting game. Um, yeah, I suppose country game, isn't it, Jam? Um, yeah. Country uh, round. Yeah. Um, have you got your votes for this game, mate? I certainly do. Um, so for, um, uh, for this game, I went to Catherine Phillips uh, with a one vote. Um, Amber Clark, I gave the two. Um, I thought she 
yeah, she was everywhere trying to um, to get involved in the game. Um, but yeah, way out in front was uh, Press Barkas. I had to give her three votes. She's just so so good and so consistent. Yeah, and for mine, I gave three to Press Barkas, which is you know always going to be that way. It seems. Um, I gave two to Amber Classic again, like a bit like you, mate. I really think she's going to be a player. Um, mm. You know, whatever mistakes she makes, it's always at the risk of you know really being game break. Yeah, and I like that that she still takes the game on despite yep. what it fails. So I think that'll make her a better player. Um, and I gave one to two good. I thought she, despite not being up around the goals, she still worked up the ground really hard and gave her some presence at least in a game where we lacked it so yeah recognized her so how are we going with our votes after was that six rounds in mate? I think. yeah yeah all right so if i go from the bottom so one vote to elise gamble uh two votes apiece to georgia g and stephanie kane three votes each to daria bannister Catherine phillips Paige scott and stephanie wales four to amber clark nine to bonnie too good 13 to jackie vott and out way in front is Madison Prasparkas with 29 Don's Cast Metal votes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't see Maddie losing this one. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's done well and um, really led our club well uh, in being a, a brave decision to leave Carlton and mm. come to the club she supports. But, gee, she's done it well. Yeah, she has. And, um, yeah, she's been a real find. Mate, I just want to quickly, uh, while we're on here, um, Andrew Thornburn, mate, has released a statement. Here we go. And this is true. Um, yesterday was one of the proudest days of my life to be offered the role of the CEO of the Essendon Football Club, who I have followed since I was a boy. What a profound honour. At last night's Crichton Medal, I could hardly contain my passion and wonder at the opportunity. I love this club, love the people, and was incredibly excited about the work ahead. I'd seen a picture of the club that was not as broken as feared and that with leadership and focus could rebound strongly. However, today is it, today it became clear to me that my personal Christian faith is not tolerated or permitted in the public square, at least by some and perhaps by many. I was being required to compromise beyond a level that my conscience allowed. People should be allowed to hold different views on complex personal and morale matters and be able to live and work together, even with the differences. And always with respect, behaviour is the key. This is all an important part of tolerance and diverse society. Let me be clear, I love all people and have always promoted and lived an inclusive, diverse, respectful and supportive workplace where people are welcome regardless of their culture, religious beliefs and sexual orientation. I believe my record over a long period of time testifies to this. Despite my leadership record, within hours of my appointment being announced, the media and leaders of the community had spoken. They made it clear that my Christian faith and my association with the church are unacceptable in our culture. If you wish to hold a leadership position in society, this grieves me greatly. Though so not just for myself, but for society overall, I believe we are poorer for the loss of great freedoms of thought, conscience and beliefs and made for a truly diverse, just and respectful community. My faith is central to who I am. Since coming to faith in Jesus 20 years ago, I've never been, I've had a profound 
changed my life and I believe God has made me a better husband, father and friend. It has also helped me become a better leader. That is because the centre of my faith is the belief that you should create a community and care for people because they are created by and loved by God and have a deep uh, intralistic value. As it happens, I do somehow disagree with things I hear in the church, but I believe strongly in the right for people to say them, especially when taken in context. Reducing complex matters to a sentence is dangerous. Australia has a long tradition of diversity and religious freedom, and that must include persevering space for religious people to have be able to express their religious beliefs. I'm saddened by the events. I wish the club success and thank Dave Barham in particular for the opportunity he gave me. I hope the external review leads to great change. I'm truly sorry that I will not be able to work with the whole listening team and Brad Scott and Josh Marnie in particular. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, it's very uh, heavy on the um, yeah, on the tone, but obviously it sounds like he was given an ultimatum that he just wasn't prepared to uh, to you know let go of his uh, connection or his CEO role with the church. Yep. And as such, had to make a call and decided to stay with the church as opposed to uh, you know. Coming on board with the CEO, um, so I kind of get both points. Like Essendon want to be inclusive, um, so they obviously then say, "Well, your your religious beliefs kind of counter to what our beliefs are and our values are." So, yeah, I wish this could have been found out before we um, had to play it out in a media sense. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts on all that after hearing that, mate? I think it's a pretty class statement from Andrew Thorburn. I think he covers a lot of points there really poignantly. Um, what I um, yeah, would say, again, is like that, that point of due diligence um, doesn't sound like it was done, um, or certainly not to the level that you might expect for such a senior position, um, because you know, surely if they thought he was the best person for the job, um, they've done their due diligence. They could have, you know, been more on the front foot um, about this and potentially, you know, got ahead of, you know, media reporting that, oh, this, that and the other. Um, but I, I fully support what he says there um, in that, you know, we should be a more open society. Diverse views and opinions should be valued. Um, uh, you know, I, I sort of look back at the, the words of Voltaire where, you know, I may detest what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. I, I think that is absolutely crucial in in our society. Like we should be able to have, um, you know, differing views, differing opinions. Um, like yes, we'll have a go at each other um, for them, but it doesn't mean you're a good or a bad person because you hold those beliefs. I, I think, um, you know, he's absolutely right in that. You know, if he's part of that uh, that church and they, you know they're founded on some beliefs um, he may not hold them uh, directly um, then I, I, I feel realistically it shouldn't be on him to change that's part of who he is um, uh, whether he holds those views or not he represents that church and I think that's that's fair um, it's clear to me that the Essendon Football Club didn't do their due diligence and and so like 
that should have been something that if that was going to be an issue, that should have been raised before they made any announcement. Look, you know, if you were to be made CEO, you're going to have to give that, that position on the board. I think that would have been a fair conversation. But finding out after the fact and then saying, oh, actually, can you give that up? I, I think is unfair. I think, you know, <coughs> as, as much as I don't like it, I think it does reflect fairly poorly on the board rather than Thorburn. Yeah, and it's uh, disappointing all around, I think. And, yeah, um, a real dampener on what was going to be a positive new chapter. Chapter, sorry. Um, yeah, well, hoping it was going to be a positive new chapter. It's really... Essendon <laughs> says, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like we are cursed. And, um, you know, I, I would love to see a witch doctor come out um, and actually try and hold her. Yeah, some kind of you know, service, you know, be able to get us out of this gloom. I remember um, Collingwood did such, mate, um, you know, to get rid of the collie wobbles. Mm. They got some witch doctor out and he did a, uh, you know, a, a spell or a, you know, to try and exhume the curse. Uh, maybe it's getting to that level for Essendon, but um, yeah, I'd um, hope our next CEO, mate, is, is uh, we're certainly going to be doing a lot more back checking and so forth before um, announcing, that's for sure. And uh, it should be said, Andrew Thornburn was never going to start until November 1st. So um, it wasn't like he was in the job working. Um, you know, he, he did have some time in between. So we could still effectively hire a new replacement prior to when Andrew would have started anyway. But it's still publicly damning. <laughs> the way it's played out. Mm. Mate, we'll have one more break as we'll come back and we've got to do the final players in our review. Um, I'm sure uh, they'll be short and sweet because generally they're players with higher numbers, which not all our players uh, don't play numbers, uh, sorry, play games, but um, there'll be a few that will just zoom past, I imagine. So we'll have one more break and come back to that. We continue on with Don's cast, mate. We go through our player review. We're up to player number 37. Chapman to be an SSP player that we added late in the season. Well, it's late into pre-season, should I say. And um, turned out being our best or our first, best first-year player, Nick Martin. Mm. Yeah, absolute gun. Um, yeah, that debut game, mate, came on and kicked a five lazy goals. Um, you know, despite Geelong smashing us all over the ground, um, he was the one highlight from that match. Um, and in typical Essendon style, we've gone, you've just kicked five goals. Um, let's put you on a wing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it, it was great to see. He, he's got some real class about him, some poise, uh, which I like about Nick Martin. Um, yeah, he doesn't look built for. AFL, he's, he's still fairly slight, but he's got that sort of, he's got a touch of the carousels about him, Jane. Yes. Could, could have, um, that's a good player to kind of link him to because, yeah, he's skilled and lean and, um, yeah, I think I'd like to see him learn some uh, tackling skills over this, this um, off-season. 
I think like you can still be lean and be able to you know make an impact on tackling a bit more than he has. But I mean his skills are fantastic for a player that you've got off your you know, SSP list. Um, you know, he's one of our most skilled players, I would say. And um, you know, I feel really comfortable when he has the footy to make good decisions. Yep. So um yeah, just a wonderful get for us. And you know, um you know, how he is overlooked. Yeah, you wonder, don't you? Because mm. uh, as much as people say, oh, we've 18 teams, it's so hard with depth, you know, around Australia, it just goes to show there's still some absolute guns that miss out, um, you know, from making lists altogether. So unearthing this talent is thing, and we should give our applause to our recruitment team, you know, Adrian Dodoro, Rob Foster Knight, um, you know, whoever else was involved, you know, we've got a number of recruiters around the country. Mm. Um, whoever discovered Nick Martin or at least invited him down for a training invite, yeah, you know, should be getting a good retainer, mate, because yeah. they certainly identified some good talent. Sure did, mate. Yeah, so great year for him. How many votes did he get in the Donscast medal? Um, so he got uh, 45 Donscast medal votes, so he came sixth in our... Um, yeah, that's amazing, medal. isn't it? Like, mm. Someone who wasn't drafted um, for three years makes me makes his way onto a list, and then uh, you know, he's basically our sixth best player for the year, or you know, seen as that, um, you know, at least by us. But um, yeah, I thought he's fantastic get, and um, yeah, he signed a couple of years extension, so we certainly got him on the books, and I'm sure Brad Scott will be happy about that. Absolutely, Cody Brand made at 38. Um, Again, very young, um, and he uh, hasn't got a contract extension as yet. So he's out of contract technically, and obviously that was waiting on the coach and, uh, you know, a list decision that fall on him. I'm sure they're waiting to see what additions get made, if any, through the trade period mm-hmm. to see what our list spots are open to us. But I would be thinking that, uh, Katie Brand is more likely to get a contract than Josh Eyre at the moment. Yeah. Um, seems a little bit more ready, um, but he may be a player that drops back to the rookie list or something like that. So, um, what do you think, mate? Do you think he'll uh, hold on? Yeah, I think so. Like a bloke of that size, apparently developing quite well in the VFL. Obviously, we haven't seen him at AFL level yet, but I, I think you'll on the money there. He's more likely to be retained on the. On the list, uh, given his his, uh, his size, athleticism, and his age, um, you know, he's obviously those key position type stocks. Um, you know, take a bit while to uh, to mature, so I reckon we'll keep him on. Yeah, so I think with that also, um, he was a named emergency once um, throughout the year, um, at least once. Um, so he, he must have been getting closer to a game for the club. So um, yeah, you'd hope. You know, being so young that you would persist with him, see what, what is on there. He's got to add, uh, you know, obviously body strength, but uh, we are lacking key position uh, defenders. Mm. So I'd certainly be, uh, you know, investing a little bit more time into him to see what we actually have. Yeah. Right, 39 is Pat Voss, and I'm really excited about this guy, despite him not playing a game in the seniors as yet. Mm. I feel like he should have been given an opportunity some yep. point during the season. He's strong, only 18 years of age, right, uh, for most of the year. And 
he was just, you know, he's dynamic. Sometimes he only has six or seven disposals, but he would kick four goals. Um, so, yeah, I really think he could be uh, a player. And I think, you know, I hope Brad Scott, I think he'll be a kind of player Brad Scott would like. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully we get a good, good look at him next year. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about him as well. Like, he's big body. Um, you see him in the BFL. He, yeah, throws blokes around. Um, yeah, he's, he's actually got a pretty good kick on him as well. He kicks some really classy goals. Um, he, he does seem to come on in short bursts, though. So, uh, potentially, uh, needs to work on a bit of fitness. But it looks like he's been working on a bit of running um, over the course of the year. And I reckon he yeah, should be given an opportunity Um to, to show his ways in the AFL, or can he uh, he could be a bit of a point of difference for us? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot to look forward to with um, with uh, Patrick, and uh, yeah, hopefully, um, as I said, we get to see him next year. Uh, Tex Wanganee, mate, he's another one who we added with the SSP um, selection, and uh, yeah, he's been given a two year extension already, um, and despite. Being injured for most of the year, uh, his ankle caused him a lot of problems. And um, but in the small glimpses we got of him, he looked an exciting get. He did, mate. Um, he's just got a, I suppose, a look about him. Like he knows where the goals are. He knows where the footy is. Um, obviously, he's got a bit of work to do in you know getting that game sense and uh, and all the rest of it. But I think there's some things he just like he can't teach. The like he just seems to have an innate ability. Um, so, uh, yeah, a bit of a shame he, he got injured early in the year uh, with an ankle, I think it was, um, which had him out for a while because I, I thought he could have got a bit more opportunity. We certainly have a real need for a uh, for a small forward and I reckon he could have really developed um, there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the development of Tex Wanganin over this pre-season and going into next season um, because I reckon he can be a real player. Yeah, I think he's going to be... Exciting get and um, stuff up, Paul. Um, now, moving into, uh, I always struggle with his name. I think it's Kean McBride. Yep. I think yep. that's how you say it, McBride. But, um, you know, he's obviously been on our list for, I think, three years now. Um, now, I believe he can be added uh, again to our list as an extension of our um, Category B rookie. Mm. Um, and he seems to be making progress. Again, another bigger body that we kind of need, you know, potentially in a key position role. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the plan would be to bring him back, uh, despite not having a contract as yet. But, yeah, I think he'll get his opportunity to, to uh, wear the red and black again, mate, for next year. Yeah, I mean, they seem pretty keen and, um, yeah, with his... Keen, isn't it? Yeah, not Kean. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said they, they seem pretty keen. Uh, I was just there. It's key and grab your coat, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I guess we'll see. Um, when I was there, I, I dare say we'll keep him on. I mean, it, it's a free hit, realistically. Um, yeah, unfortunately for the VFL, you know, being uh sort of stymied the last few years, uh, this year was his only real shot at a full season of um of VFL footy. So, um, yeah, go around once more. Um, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? He's still only 21 years of age, um, so still quite young for that key position size. Um, and, uh, yeah, he seems to be well-liked around the club. Yeah. Um, now, Massimo D'Ambrosio uh, came in as a mid-season draft pick. 
And, uh, mate, he's been an electric find, I thought. And, you know, again, uh, we've been very good at adding at mid-season draft. You know, you know, Will Snelling, Sam Durham, and now Massimo. Um, mm. And, you know, Jai Menzi again. He looks okay, good as well. So um, we're certainly good at finding picks around the periphery. It's now more about how high-end draft picks we've got to get right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, what did you think of Massimo? Yeah, it shows a bit, doesn't he? Um, you know, particularly uh, down back, you know, I thought he looked quite composed. He, he's a good user of the footy, i tell you that much. Um, he's only slight of frame, but um, that doesn't seem to stop him going into contests. I, I thought he uh, yeah, handled himself quite well. Um, uh, and then when he went forward, he seemed a, a pretty assured kick of the footy. He like, put him straight through the, the big sticks. Um, unfortunately, he didn't find as much footy there. Um, yeah, it's going to memory that uh, last couple, last game or so, he, he kicked two straight you know, in the first quarter and then we didn't see him again. So um, plenty to work with. Um, he's only 19 years of age. Um, I, I think we could have really found one here. Um, just going to, uh, yeah, I suppose, solidify his role. Um, but, yeah, all going well. He has a good preseason, bulks up a little bit um, and uh, see what he can give us next year. But as you say, mate, might have found another one. Yeah, uh, he certainly will be pushing for a spot in the top 22 next year. Um, and uh, yeah, another one that I think Brad Scott will be happy to work with. Anthony McDonald, McDonald Tip and Woody, mate. Um, mm. Now, there is a bit of talk about a potential comeback after announcing his retirement. Unfortunately, didn't play a senior game this year. Um, but like it would be good to see Tipper back in some ways if he can get back. But um, there is talks that he may be at Freo. But, um, yeah, I think he's too good to be sitting out if he can get his mind right and, and wants to play footy. Uh, I think we should certainly be exploring, um, you know, adding him back to the club. Yeah, give it a look. But, um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, whatever works for, for Tipper, um, you know, I'd just be happy seeing him in a good Good, um, I suppose, mind space. <clears throat> um, yeah, as long as he's looking after himself, that's a, the most important thing. I think he's given enough smiles and pleasure uh, to us as um, Essendon fans. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll wait to find out uh, what his decision is if he does want to come back uh, and whether he dons the uh, dons the sash or um, you know goes over to Frio uh, to join the Purple Haze. Um, yeah, that'll. All work out in the wash, but um, yeah, personally, I think you know, whatever works best for Tipper, um, all the more power to him, yeah. Now, um, Waterman, mate, Alec Waterman, mm. he's another player they're waiting on a contract. Um, I'm not sure he'll get one to be honest. Uh, mm. I think where he lacks is uh, you know, leg speed, uh, he's not tall enough to be key position, yeah, so um. Yeah, you know, I, I I like when he plays when he plays well, but um, obviously there's some games where he gets selected and the game's too quick for him. It seems, like, yep. and he's largely left out of the out of the play. Um, mm. and I think that's what's really hurting him. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see which way the club goes. Like, I don't think he played many games this year. Um, yeah, club seemed to lose faith. On him playing senior footy for large periods of the season. Yep. 
But uh, I guess with a new coach, again, it'll be largely on his review as well. So I think, you know, these players that are without contracts, they'll make, you know, Brad will make a big call on this, probably relying on a lot of the assistant coaches on their opinions as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, that assessment, Jane. I think, um, you know, as much as he is a good kick for goal, he's a thumping kick of it. Um, unfortunately, he, he's just, he's not quick enough to, I suppose, be a pressure forward. Um, he's not tall enough to be a key position. He doesn't have the fitness to run out and, you know, potentially have rotations to the midfield, um, which, yeah, leaves him as effectively, um, you know, a key position player in a um, in sort of a mid, um, I suppose, a, a mid-sized player's body. Um, I think, um, yeah, if it was me, I probably wouldn't go around with him again. Um, uh, I suppose just making a, a harsh call, but, um, you know, good on good on him for, for coming back and, um, I suppose, being able to live that dream of being an AFL player. And he did have that good season um, <clears throat> last year. What he kicked 30 odd goals, Jane, um, uh, last year. But I don't think we can. Um, uh, uh, I kicked 17 goals last year, 10 goals this year. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't think he, he fits a need for us uh, going forward. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, well done to him um, yeah, for his time with the club. Now, a player that might be competing for a spot with him is uh, Joey Menzies, who was added at the mid-season draft. Mm. And he showed a little bit, mate. He had a couple of opportunities um, in the senior side. Mm. And uh, I thought he, um, yeah, I was seeing some of his reserves form as well, you know, in the VFL. Um, he actually kicked some game-winning goals and... Mm. Um, Look quite exciting there also. So he's only 19. I'd definitely keep him on the list. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, he's despite only, you know, 180 centimetres forward. Um, so he's not electric speed and a fairly small forward, but I mean, he seems crafty and yep. a player that, uh, you know, could certainly fill a void for us in the interim while we wait for the Davy twins to get up to speed. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, I, I reckon he he showed a bit, um, Menzi. I mean, uh, it was sort of funny like that that first game he played for us. He came on in the last what ten, fifteen minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I thought he got um, he got pretty involved, um, but then we didn't see him play. Like he dropped got dropped that next week and then played round twenty three. So that last game mm-hmm. of the season. Um, which is a bit baffling to me because I thought he actually played all right. Um, and then, um, yeah, the second game, I thought he showed, found a bit of the footy. And he does have that ability to to find it, um, but also the, the fitness to work up the ground a bit more, um, to yeah, get himself in the game and provide a bit of a link-up um, player there. So that's where I see, you know, John Menzi, um, yeah, would effectively have the, um, yeah, would get the nod over... Um, over Waterman, who I, I feel is pretty one-dimensional. You, you sort of uh, lead up Mark forward, um, whereas Menzi can be that small forward. But he's actually got a bit of size about him, James. He's a bit more solid than uh, 
um, than you might sort of think for that position. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be going around again with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, seeing how he goes over the over the preseason because I think there, there could be something there. Yeah. And finally, mate, uh, Tom Hurd, unfortunately, he's already been delisted. Mm. Um, I would have liked to see Tom get at least one game opportunities considering the season we had. Mm. Um, I really don't think it would have hurt the, you know, Give the fans even something to, you know, to be kind of, uh, you know, be nostalgic about, you know, like have James' son run out for the seniors. Um, mm. you know, to be honest, he, he looked a bit lean and um, probably not fast enough to play the role that he was playing. Um, but, like, he did have some good games in the BFL, I thought, you know, where, yeah. you know, you know particularly when Braden Ham was being selected for having yeah. like four or five disposals, I don't think it would have been a stretch to name him on a bench as a as a sub even. Um, mm. you know, and again, I was a bit baffled all year, to be honest, by our match selection, um, team selection, and um, you now I'm hoping we get a bit better read with uh, a new coach because uh, their truck selection. So yeah, I know it's not just truck; there's a committee that does it, but. It's got to say, like, there was no real read on why people retain their position, particularly on the form that they were putting out. Yeah, absolutely, James. Um, yeah, it was pretty baffling. Um, as for Tom Hurd, I mean, good on him for for giving it a crack. Um, unfortunately, like, while he did have good games in the VFL, it didn't seem that he, he was able to string them together consistently. Um, but certainly there was a, a few games there where he was showing a, a good level of performance. Um, you'd have thought maybe he could have had an opportunity, but um, unfortunately it wasn't to be. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess all the best for his future endeavours. And, uh, yeah, uh, that wraps us up, Jay. That's, that's all of them read out. Yeah, so we know this is pretty uh, marathon podcast. So <laughs> if you did well to get through all of this, but um, there's a lot to talk about. Um, obviously we had the week off, so um, there was a, Few, few issues that have just developed though in the past week and a half. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting and now a bit frustrating too with the latest development. But, um, yeah, let's hope, uh, you know, we can talk about some uh, great uh, results in trade week, mate. If we can, you know, Jack Bowe somehow decides to come to Essendon um, and pick seven, that will give us a really a uh, good shot in the arm, uh, pardon the pun, um, to yeah, have a bit more uh, optimistic view of the of the footy because at the moment it's kind of like dragging ourselves through the mud again, it seems. But, uh, yeah, uh, we always thank everyone who listens to us and thank you for your, your commitment. Um, mate, anything you want to say before we sign out? No, just... Um... Hopefully next time around we've we've got a CEO and he sticks around, uh, he or she rather. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sick of uh yeah, the 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 sliding doors and um who's in, who's out and all the rest of it. Um so uh Simon yeah. Lloyd, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um yeah, or uh, a certain other bloke 
James Hurd, or I believe he's got good <laughs> uh, good business acumen, mate. Um, but uh, no, look, either way, let's hope the, the club uh, makes a decent selection. We can put all this rubbish behind us and um, look forward yep. to uniting under the under the one banner. Well, until next week, go Bombers. Go Dons.